Hi everyone, uh, it's me, Danny, and Rob's here with me again. Hey guys. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about motivation. Uh, and I'm going to be jumping right into it. We ADHDers struggle with motivation. Um, now, there is two kinds of motivation, uh, well, you know, vague categories. Internal motivation and external motivation. Internal motivation is when you want to do something because of... Uh, like an internal goal or, you know, some kind of thing that you pursue uh, within yourself, while external motivation would be, you know, uh, you want to hit a specific number or, you know, you want to say, say for example, you're, you're making sales, you want to hit like 100 sales or, um, you know, you want to get X amount of followers on social media. That would be an external motivation. Or money. Uh, we at EHDR struggle with... Or money. <laughs> yeah, money is a big one as well. Um we at each year struggle with internal motivation. It's very hard for us to do things because we want to. But, you know, uh, it, external motivation seems to be fine. Uh, I can still do things um, for someone else, for example. So if someone wants to eat something, I can still go out of my way to make them food. But if I want to eat something, you know, I'd either forgo food or eat, like, just bread. Does that make sense? Is that, like, <laughs> it's, it's just... Are you the same? Yeah, I've as definitely well, done or? that before. No, I totally would totally agree with that. Yeah. You know, I, I you just sparked a thought in my mind about external versus internal motivation, which is if there's some sort of external pressure, like a social pressure where there's a deadline or a boss that's expecting something from you, or a friend that's counting on you, or a family member that's really counting on you, and you know they're going to be upset if you don't do the thing. For some reason, that's super yeah. motivating, and I always get whatever it is done. I never miss. Yeah, uh, that is true with every single uh, person with ADHD I've ever talked to. Yep. Internal motivation is broken. External motivation, you know, it works perfectly. Um, so, you know, that's why one of the most common um, advice I give to uh, help with motivation is to externalize your motivation. You know, uh, say you want to go out somewhere, uh, talk to a friend you know, ask them to come over and then use that excuse to kind of clean up your house as well because you know you're not going to do it for yourself but if you have an external quote-unquote excuse, you know, there's a significantly higher chance you're going to do it. And it's highly um, stimulating now, to feel like you're disappointing someone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it is good motivation to not want <laughs> to uh, feel the RSD. Um, yeah, so... Because ADHD is difficulty modulating attention, everyone knows about our difficulty trying to get focused onto things. You know, you have something to do, but you just can't concentrate on it. But what a lot of people don't seem to kind of like uh, uh, realize is that it can also go the other way. So when you have difficulty stopping focusing on something, um, common experiences for this would be if you're, you know, in a quiet room and you hear like a ticking uh, from a clock and you just stop, can't stop focusing on it or when people are talking and you can't stop focusing on it um, or another one that most people might know about, hyperfocus. Hyperfocus isn't some amazing gift. It is just another manifestation of our inability uh, or, you know, our difficulty controlling our focus. It's when we can't stop focusing on something. Um, so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of ADHDers, we kind of fall into a cycle of getting hyper-focused on something and then kind of pursuing it. And then when it leaves, we kind of stop. And then we just kind of wait for ourselves to get hyper-focused again. Um, because 
you know, we struggle manually, let's say manually, uh, focusing on something and things that we want to do. So we just kind of end up relying on hyperfocus to a point where we almost get to a mindset where we believe we have to be hyperfocused if we want to achieve something. Now, this leads to, uh, you know, dangerous situations where you're essentially wasting. No, okay, let's not use the word wasting. You're waiting for, uh, you know, like 70, 80 percent of the time and actually only doing work the rest of the time because it takes quite a long time for you to actually, you know, click and then you get hyper focused or sometimes you don't even know what you're going to get hyper focused on. So, you know, waiting for hyper focus and relying on hyper focus is not something that I'm a big fan of. Um, and what I, so, uh, you know, a long time ago, I used to be the same way as by, uh, I, same way as well. I need to, I needed to be hyper-focused on something because I believed and, you know, back then I couldn't do something because I wanted to, or, you know, do things that I wanted to do. Uh, but after a while, I came to a realization that, you know, whenever I did that, um, I was essentially just waiting around for luck to throw me something to keep me occupied. And the rest of the you time, I was just for... miserable. You know, I was like full on proper depressed. Yeah, you're yeah. waiting to become obsessed. Like, when will this obsession hit I'm, me? I'm waiting to be obsessed, yeah. Yeah, when will this obsession hit me? When will, um, you know, when will the, the, the pendulum swing the other way? And I will be, you know, I'll go from not being able to do anything at all to kind of doing just the one thing and foregoing everything else, uh, which is dangerous, uh, to say the least. Um, so, you know, then I came to a realization that, you know, relying on this wasn't uh, a good thing. Uh, so then I decided to pick something, something that I'm quite interested in because ADHD years have, uh, you know, it's much easier for us to do things we're interested in um, and then kind of pursue it wholeheartedly. Uh, and then the thing for me became blogging about ADHD. Uh, now, I will say that it is actually quite difficult. You know, I don't continuously blog. It isn't like super easy for me. I've been doing this for like four, you know, like three, four years now. And I don't just do it because I'm hyper focused on it. There are loads of times where I'm just kind of sick of it, you know, and then I kind of like quit for some time. And I need to actively push myself and keep trying over and over because... This isn't hyper-focused. This is me kind of, you know, continually motivating myself and doing something that I like. Yeah. And what I enjoy doing here is helping people and solving things and answering questions. So that's why, you know, I, you know, I like talk to people. I answer questions. And, I, yeah, you know, that that is kind of an uh, internal motivation for me. So, you know, I, I guess you could conclude it as, you know, find something that you're passionate about. And then kind of like, kind of, you know, like really run with it, which kind of seems to be um, w one of the, okay, yeah, Rob, you'll get your chance to speak about your special methods. Um, <laughs> wait, that sounded much ruder than I anticipated. Um, yeah, Rob, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to talk about your magic power in a second. Uh, let me finish first. <laughs> um, a lot of ADHDers, you know, once that have accomplished um, great things, for, uh, let's say, uh, say, for example, uh, Michael Phelps, um, all of them say the same thing, you know, find something that you're passionate with and just kind of like run with it uh, because it's much easier to be motivated to do something when you're passionate about it, uh, which is what I'm doing. 
Now, you know, the unfortunate thing is um, it ends up with me just doing the one thing uh, for an extended period of time uh, until I was talking to Rob and then I found out that he'd written an entire book, which was crazy to me. <laughs> How did someone sit down and work on a book for a couple of months and, you know, just write a book? Um, so then I asked him, how do you motivate yourself to continuously write all that time? Yeah, that's, uh, I wanted to talk about for one second, something so interesting that you pointed out, which is exactly what I found when I was writing my book, which is when you were writing your blog posts and you still write them, you said that it feels kind of unmotivated sometimes it feels kind of bad you have to push yourself to keep doing it and there is yeah yeah like, there's yeah. a there's a definite underlying internal motivation that you have there that you found because you like helping yeah. people you like talking about issues that you've had it's a very good way to be internally motivated yet you still don't feel this amazing magical passion where you are infected with this desire to keep writing every single moment of every single day. I think that's so interesting to point out because despite all those, you know, negative sounding things about your writing habit, you've done it for three or four years and you're super successful with yeah. it. And you have followers that really like what you're talking about. And you have people asking you questions and looking at you for advice and even coaching sometimes. Yeah. So it's funny to point yeah. out how it feels versus the result, whereas the result is amazing. That's super productive. That's a huge long-term yeah. achievement, despite it feeling not so great or not the way you thought it would feel. Um, I mean, yeah. On that though, just just a quick word in. Um, I think there is a there's a misunderstanding about motivation amongst ADHDers, even myself. Um, until quite recently, uh, not until recently, like when I was talking to you, but slightly before that as well. Um, where you know, because we're so used to the black and white thinking uh, about motivation, you know, you're either obsessed or you can't f focus at all. Um, we kind of start believing that motivation is like that as well. Um, and, yep. you know, what I'm talking about just there is, you know, like uh, talking about like pushing myself and all that. That's just how motivation works for, you know, people without ADHD. You know, that's just motivation. You know, it's not even like special. Yeah, um, exactly. But because we don't experience that, um, it you know, when I was describing it, it's, you know, I was using such negative terms, but that is... How, how motivation works hey danny what would you what would you what color would you call that type of motivation uh, color you say um uh, <laughs> i don't actually know well let's see it's between black and white so gray it's like kind of like a gray yeah kind of like a gray gray motivation yeah. maybe that's what it's called gray motivation yeah yeah i think that sounds right <laughs> not black motivation not white motivation but gray motivation yeah, so so one of the funny things I found when writing this book is exactly some of the things that Danny found while writing his own blogs and stuff like that, where I had a very specific goal, which was to finish this book, to write this book. And I never once felt during the time of writing this any magic, any supreme obsession, any hyper-focus, any 
uh, magical, obsessive feeling while writing it. It was pretty dull or pretty gray feeling. And, in, and that's not a negative thing at all. It's just I felt like mm. I kind of wanted Life. to do it. And yeah. the only the effort that I put in to this gray motivation was just, okay, well, I kind of want to keep writing this book. And to write this book, I go to that chair and I go to that computer and I go to this program and it has this manuscript in it and I just sit down and I, I'm there and then words will eventually come out. And I, I mean, I wanted to write this book. It's not like I was f fighting against some, you know, desire to not write it or anything, but it was this feeling of this dull motivation. It wasn't powerful. It wasn't sucking me in. I could easily step away from the computer and stop writing for the day. And despite feeling unproductive, like it felt unproductive because compared to my, you know, this black and white thinking where I'm either obsessed and hyper-focused or totally zero interest, it felt so far away from that hyper-focused, obsessive motivation that, you know, like Danny said, you might be waiting around for forever. It never felt like that. Mm. And because of that, that relative ch uh, distance between those two motivations, the gray motivation and the hyper hyper focus motivation, it felt unproductive. It felt unmotivating, but it wasn't. I mean, I wrote a book in three months. It was it's 250 pages. It's good. I, I, I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy I wrote the book, yet it felt so much different than what I had perceived a creative project like this would feel like and it mm, really yeah. I, I i had a lot of feelings like danny you talked about having a lot of sort of inklings or I ideas about how this should be configured at the end like how motivation probably should be and it wasn't until i started and completed this full difficult project that i really understood what the most productive feeling is is it actually doesn't feel productive because when you do mm. feel productive with ADHD, you're in a hyper-focused state where you're up for 12, 14, 15 hours doing one thing. And then, of course, you burn out or you lose interest because that's not sustainable. Um, and then for, for me, it was just so much more smoother, so much more gray. And, and that's a great thing. I, I was able to sustain that very easily for three months. I never felt burnt out. I never felt tired. I gave myself breaks because it wasn't hard. Like I, I never forgot to eat because, you know, I wasn't obsessed. I could go and eat lunch without having to rip myself away from a project. It was just this nice, yeah. smooth, gray motivation. And, and I love the way um, that that we've both sort of found this by ourselves because um, it just feels so right even though in the moment it doesn't at all. It's this weird dichotomy of, yeah. of, of, of feelings. I mean, I do want to ask you though, like, um, for example, for me, you know, like obviously we've kind of like uh, hit upon the fact that this, you know, quote unquote dull motivation uh, or gray motivation. Okay, we're going to use using it interchangeably. Uh, I, I, I was the one who called it gray motivation and Rob called it dull motivation. So we've been, you know, kind of like going back and forth on things. Um, for me, the reason I keep doing things is because, you know, I like talking about ADHD. I like, um, you know, answering people's questions. I like uh, solving problems. I like talking about my mental health. I like helping people. 
And that's the thing that kind of pushes me, right? And that's, you know, it's understandable to me from an uh, internal motivation perspective. Um, if I asked you, what was your motivation? Uh, what kept, you know, like, what is the thing internally that kept you going? What would you say? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, there was this desire for me to prove out that I could start a project, not abandon it. Mm. And it's not a one day thing. It's a multi-month project. There's no boss or, you know, university professor or anything that's going to sit there with a deadline. It's all up to me. And this completion of a project was one of the motivators. The second motivator yeah. was like some of the things you were talking about where I thought that I had some information and some knowledge and some wisdom that people could find useful and that could really help them mm. with their own challenges because I've, you know, spent the money going to therapy. I've spent the time doing my research. I've talked to people like like you and I felt like I could condense all of this knowledge into a tight little package. So there was kind of a couple different motivations there that all were mm, were yeah. small they were all small pieces of motivation that all kind of led to this gray <laughs> gray motivation feeling yeah no um the reason i'm saying is all this is because you know our listeners might be listening to this thinking you know it's it's great you found something but like how do i you know kind of get it working for me um so you know as i said for me it it was essentially to find something that you're passionate about and kind of go for it and it's kind of worked in even things that aren't to do with ADHD or mental health um, so uh, I, I just finished my master's uh, recently and it was on uh, biofuel so you know uh, fuel made from like plant materials and you know I'm, I'm actually quite passionate about renewable energy and I was able to kind of like push myself and do research and you know read a lot of papers and write something up just because I was naturally passionate about um, renewable energy. Um, so for me, it is essentially, you know, find something that you're passionate about and kind of run with it. And, you know, uh, I have a few different motivations for my passion about renewable energy as well, which is, you know, uh, climate change is a big threat. Uh, it's also about help helping people because, uh, you know, the, the people who are the hardest hit by the effects of climate change are people in poorer countries and just uh, poor people in general. Uh, kind of, you know, like to, you know, kind of make sure that the coming generation has an earth to be able to live in. So, you know, even then, as you said, it was many small things that keep me going. Um, so, you know, for me, it was about passion. You know, it was about what I truly believed in. Uh, you mentioned passion as well for yourself you know you wanted to help people um but for me say for example um you know thesis aside which was an academic thing for my blogs uh you know i go out and then my process usually i think about uh, an issue that i'm currently facing or you know i read something online and i write about it and that's like the, you know that's how the cycle continues for me you know, like my own experiences that come out or I see something and that inspires in something in me and then it continues to continues to go. Um, I've tried writing a book, but, you know, I sit down and then after a couple of days, even after a couple of weeks, I just lose steam. Mm -hmm. You know, like how did you not lose steam after a while? Like, you know, like, you know, like I, you know, I like helping people. Right. And even I struggled 
a lot just sitting down and writing, trying to write a book because I just, you know, like, that's the reason I was so impressed when I found out that you'd written a book. I was just <laughs> like, Jesus, how would you just, you know, sit down and write continuously for so long? What kept you going? You know, like what was in your head that made you want to continue doing this? Yeah, that. So I've pondered this quite a bit because you have some good questions that I initially didn't know how to answer. But what happened from the the best thing that happened about this was I was lucky enough to have enough savings from my job that I could quit my job and do this. This is the only thing I did. So there was very little um, com- competition for my energy. The second thing was yeah. I actually... I never really had to be motivated to write because I treated it and I thought of it and I formed it in my mind. Like, this is my job. I go there to my desk, I open up Microsoft Word, and I just write. And I interviewed people and other different things there, but I just have to sit down and do one thing. And it it's not relevant how much I want to do this thing on any given day. And there was days where I was super motivated, not in a, you know, gray motivation versus hyper-focus sense, but I just really enjoyed the process on certain days. And then certain days, it was more organizing and editing, which is not so enjoyable. But it never occurred to me that this is something that I could change given how much I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it on any given day or or how much I was motivated or not on any given day. It's just, I sat in my chair and, and the writing was my job. There was nothing else to do. And I think that a lot of times when we approach projects, the way that we approach them is based on our excitement and our enjoyment and what levels of motivation we have on a given day, right? I'm gonna do my side project today because I feel very motivated to do it. I never thought about it that way. It was, I sit yeah. down in my chair, I do this thing for five hours at least per day, and that's it. And the rest of my day can be whatever I want, and I can be hyper-focused. Well, I tried not to, but you know, I could, I could enjoy myself outside of this work time that I had scheduled for myself. But that time where I sat down, that was the time where I wrote. And there's this one book that I... Um, has a really good quote in it. It's called the, I want to get this right, The War of Art. It sounds like The Art of War. It's not. It's the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. He talks about one thing, which is your job is, if you're a writer, it doesn't matter what your profession is, but if you're a writer, your job is to write. So if you're a dentist, yeah. you don't go to the dentist's office and then do some fillings and clean teeth when you feel like it. No, you're there to be a dentist. So I was there to sit in my chair and be a writer. And that's it. Everything else was just noise. And the way that I kept myself in that was both that mindset where this is my job now. And the second thing was, hey, I don't need to be motivated to do this. Like words appear on Mm. paper, whether or not I feel good about it that day. Some of the words were bad, so I deleted them or edited them. Some of them were good. I kept the good words, deleted the bad ones, and a book came out at the end. That's that's as simple as it was. Um, a couple of things came to mind when you know um, when you, when you were explaining that. Um, so I, I I I made a post or I tweeted a tweet the other day about uh, my little equation for motivation, right? right? 
which is, you know, to accomplish a task, um, your motivation has to kind of surpass the effort or the demotivation factor. So, um, you know, a, a, a small one would be to make something to eat, for example. Uh, my motivation, which is my hunger, has to pass the effort of cooking and the demotivation of just the, uh, <laughs> you know, the effort. Um, so, you know, it's essentially when you have to kind of surpass the demotivation factor. Now, the demotivation factor could be things like perfectionism, anxiety, things, you know, a lot of things that you're holding yourself back with. You know, it could be uh, difficulties with like executive dysfunctions, things like that. Um, so on what you were just saying there, right? A couple of things just hit me. Um, you know, uh, ADHDers have a difficulty with motivation. That's true. But there is other aspects holding us back as well. Um, so, and, you know, it's kind of derived from the ADHD issues. So, for example, one of the issues that I have is uh, my perfectionism. You know, like, um, I'm thinking, okay, I want this to be uh, perfect. You know, like, I don't want people to kind of read it and, like, think of me, think it, you know, think it's bad or anything. And that kind of, like, puts more pressure on myself, kind of makes me more demotivated. Um, and, you know, like, anxiety, you know, oh, God, what if I stop being able to focus? Or what if it isn't good? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it's essentially I was putting higher expectations on myself and then failing to perform to those expectations and losing uh, steam because mm-hmm. of it. And from what you're saying, it does sound like, you know, you kind of approached it with essentially no expectation. It was just like, I want to help people. And that kind of got over the, you know, uh, what if people don't <laughs> like it? And then you're like, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I just want to get it out there. It, you know, if people don't like it, then, you know, I can kind of deal with it later on. But right now, I just want to kind of get get this, you know, get through I have a, a very uh, good way for people who are especially um, very perfectionist, very sort of afraid of releasing any anything out into the world that's not perfect. That's a very useful tool to have in your mind. It makes you double, triple, quadruple check anything you've ever made. And I'm certainly like that too. But the, you have to have an opposite force in your mind as well. And you have to, this is a skill. It's not some inherent trait. I was lucky enough to work at a startup where it was never possible to be perfect with anything. And because Mm. we were never able to do anything perfectly because we had such a limited budget, limited team, we just pushed things out the door that were totally imperfect. And I realized it doesn't matter. Like if you see a spelling mistake on my website, it doesn't make my website worse. I mean, I want to fix that spelling mistake or anything like that, but no one really cares, right? Certainly you shouldn't have spelling mistakes on your website or in a book or anything like that. But I found a spelling mistake in my book after I sold and published it and everything. And luckily the way I published it was on uh, this platform where I can just push updates to my products. And I just fixed the spelling mistakes and push an update and people are like, oh, cool. I didn't even see that. And that was it. You know, there. I think yeah. that perfection is sort of, it, it's a bit of a skill you need to get to not be perfect. Perfect Perfection is good, I mean, but you need to build the skill of just pushing stuff out the door. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, like, uh, you know, adding on to what you just said, I think there's also a matter of like, you know, um, one could argue that there's two kinds of perfectionism. Um, there's the positive kind where, you know, you want things to be the best it can. And then there's the negative perfectionism, which is 
where you kind of, you know, kind of feel like it has to be perfect, you know, versus where you want something to be perfect. And if you don't achieve what you believe to be perfection, uh, which might not actually be perfection, uh, then you either don't want to do it or you kind of, you know, make yourself feel much worse because of it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so actually, yeah, no, about your startup thing, that, that that's actually quite interesting. Um, when you don't really have a beaten path to go on, you don't really know if something can be perfected any, you know, any further. So you just have, kind of have to like go for it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I think the antidote to perfectionism is to release stuff. It's a scary moment. It doesn't feel good. It's gut-wrenching if you've never done it before. Just release stuff. Push stuff. Your 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 blog post isn't perfect. Just just publish it. Even if it's not perfect, yeah, no, people um, still can get value from it. You you're you're 100% right and you you've actually motivated me to kind of do that as well. Um you know, whenever I'm publishing something or sorry, when I'm making a larger post, uh, number one, it takes me quite some time to psych myself up to do it. Not like wait for hyperfocus, but even, you know, like kind of push myself to be able to do it. Uh, you know, I need, I, I believe I need to do it in like the morning time when, you know, I've just woken up and, you know, like my medication just hit, uh, when I can focus better, blah, 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 blah. Just things in my head uh, that I believe I have to do to kind of make it perfect just so, you know, I can do it. Uh, but as you said, there is, I can just, you know, like uh, you've probably understood after talking to me that I'm kind of, you know, I'm not like um, obsessed about like uh, pleasing people or, uh, you know, kind of uh, getting negative reception or anything. I'm kind of, I don't even know what it is. It is this, I think it's a thing that uh, uh, that nearly every single uh, person with ADHD has, which is this... Um, uh, this this kind of uh, you know it is perfectionism is, again which is but it's more like you know because we have so much experience failing we want to be the best prepared for it we can possibly be so we want things to be perfect or at least we be, we we want to believe that things are yep. perfect because that is a way we can kind of cut down on failures or um, actually just cut down on failures and the th- unfortunate thing about that is if you wait for perfection, you end up not really not doing anything at all because things are rarely perfect. Yep. Um, so, essentially, what, what you're saying... Um, no, I, <laughs> no, it, it, no, see, because, um, you know, I essentially said, you know, Rob, you know, you're at the helm for this episode. Um, you know, you wrote a whole book uh, and I want to learn from you. Um, but, you know, after talking to you, I, I, I am kind of understanding that what you're kind of saying is essentially, you know, to kind of taper your expectations and kind of taper your uh, insecurities uh, because kind of like it doesn't matter if there's slight imperfection because if the, you know, the main part of it is work you know it's helpful for me, for example, you know, if it's helpful, you know, it works, even if there is some imperfections or what i believe to be imperfections that's absolutely fine exactly no and and, you know the last point on this whole topic before we wrap up is just um just an insight that i've had just working in technology and startups and that is the biggest company you can imagine amazon apple who seem to have perfect polished products and amazing hardware and it's super let me tell you something. Every company on earth, whether they look perfect or not, is in some way a disaster internally. 
and that's not a bad thing yeah that just means they haven't yeah, yeah. they've pushed something out to try it it either works or it doesn't and if it works then they keep trying to make it as better as best as they can and if it doesn't work they just scrap it there's no company on earth or corporation or person or elon musk or any superhero you can think of that's perfect nobody and as soon as you accept that then you can start doing your own thing and not having to have this intense scrutiny about yourself to a point where you just abandon things or, or don't release them perfect is a myth no yeah. one's perfect if you accept that you're going to be much happier and ironically you're going to be closer to perfect if you if you accept that you'll never be perfect yeah and you know kind of adding on to that as well um you know the thing that you said initially um you know you have people like uh what's his name stephen king yeah is that am i saying that the, um you know he bangs out like you know book after book you know he's obviously not waiting for inspiration exactly. to hit him um when i was younger i could only draw you know occasionally what inspiration hit me but thing is you know you have artists uh and they draw you know like every day you know even when they're not working on something they're constantly doodling and why are they doing that they're doing it because that's you know that's what they do you know they're an artist because they draw and they draw because they're an artist you know they don't wait for inspiration exactly um so you yeah no you're essentially saying um you know waiting for a muse or waiting for motivation or waiting for something to hit you no bad yeah <laughs> uh just just kind of go for it because um well you know it's it's go for it the worst that can happen is failure which you know kind of sucks nobody will notice your failures no not a single yeah. person unless you're okay if you're apple yeah. and you release an iphone that fails yeah everyone's gonna laugh at you but if you're one person making blog posts or a small company doing small things and you do something that fails nobody nobody cares they're gonna they only care about themselves most people only care about themselves yeah. right like they that, don't notice no, like, I mean, no one know, has time to notice uh, uh, the difficulty obviously is it, it isn't that you think people notice it's the rsd it's you know you believe that people won't like it and and then you kind of start feeling bad because of that i've done so you many know, things with my book and my my marketing with my book that people never liked and no one ever said anything they just didn't buy it and then i changed stuff to make it better and make my marketing page better and everything and now people buy it more yeah. because they like it more but i've never received a single negative comment or you know hate mail or anything like that it's oh hate mail is amazing it took me a while to get used yeah to you, you you're on the <laughs> you're on the intride track for that for some of the stuff you do <laughs> i guess but i mean well I'll, let me tell you one of my favorite ones um so i have a server for people with adhd and there was this you know there was a person who had issues in the server and they kind of like started commenting on my blog on tumblr that my server was or at least the the mod team in in my server was homophobic and which was bizarre to me because like if if you look at my mod team it's like 90 percent lgbt yeah. people like not even kidding that's just how it turned out to be i think i'm the only um uh, heterosexual what's it called I'm, I'm the only cishet person in the mod team yeah. you know and we were still accused of being homophobic so what I'm trying to say is people are gonna send you hate regardless or not well, if, if it's true yeah, or and that's, it's something to deserve that's not it. a reflection on you either right they probably had their own yeah but anyway 
Yeah, yeah. So why don't um, do you want to wrap so, it up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so concluding words: um, motivation is a myth. Uh, the neurotypicals are lying to you. <laughs> um, Rob has a, a magic power to be able to write books that I'm trying to learn from him uh, by his book. And, you know, it's essentially, you know, don't wait for hyper focus. Um, you know, kind of push yourself to do things. Um, it feels bad, you know, you know when, when you feel like you'll fail or, um, you know, you feel it won't be the best. But honestly, the best way to get better at doing something is to do it over and over you know if you want to be an artist you gotta draw i mean you don't have to put it up online just draw for yourself if you want to get better at writing the same you know just write you know you you don't have to write to please anyone if you want to write something write for yourself and then when you're more comfortable with it you can release it you know uh don't try to go for perfection from the start i think that should be um you know uh, the quote-unquote takeaway you can you can kind of aim for perfection, you know, uh, when you're much further down in the path. But initially, if you kind of wait for perfection at the start, you'll never start because, you know, a, a person, you, you can't achieve perfection before you even started something is what I'm trying to say. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'll leave it. I'll leave this with... Uh, you probably could have. I'll leave this with what you said because I like your words so much. Are you ready? Just do it. Okay. Just do it. Wait, no, I wasn't the one who said that. <laughs> That's the Nike slogan, isn't it? Well, you plagiarized them, I guess. Okay, so yeah, uh, you've heard Rob. Just do it. Just do it. Kind of. That's my motto. Okay. Okay, let's leave it at um, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll have another episode sometime next week, maybe. I don't know. Yep. Whenever we're free. Um, yep. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs>